Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today. Bob is with the Oilers. They're on the plane headed towards Winnipeg. It is the Jets and Oilers tonight in the second-to-last preseason tune-up for the Orange and Blue. You're listening to Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta Zone, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Well, I have no doubt in my mind that our next guest could uh, do some damage on a 16-ounce porterhouse. Pleased to be joined now by Louis DeBrusque on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Louis, how you doing? I'm doing good, Brennan. And yes, you are correct. I, yeah. can, uh, I can crush a little bit of beef. I'm, I'm not... Ashamed to say, I don't mind uh, a large steak from time to time. Yeah, I figured as much, and there's no better place to get it. Uh, Louis, so I I don't want to belabor the point too much here with the Austin Matthews thing, but because you're a father of somebody around that same age, we know the story. He he had some beverages. He, he did something a little silly. It's come back to haunt him. But to me, let, let's just start with this. I mean, Jake comes home with a citation. What is the first thing that you're saying to him <laughs> that we can air on radio? You know, what the bleep were you thinking, really? And, I mean, we're, we've all been young before. We've all been younger, and we've done some stupid things. But uh, I, I know that's what I chalk this up as. And I don't know all the details. I've read the reports, and I'm sure the same ones that you've read and people have read. But, uh, you know, I think he's embarrassed, and maybe this is a good thing for Austin Matthews early in his career, to be honest with you, because he is, uh, a, you know, a famous figure now. He's a, he's a guy that is uh, one of the elite players in the National Hockey League. He's a young guy, and now... All eyes are on him, and sometimes it's a a stiff lesson like this to uh, set you on a straight path as far as just making sure you're conducting yourself in a certain way. But in today's society, um, you know, cell phones, I mean, everybody can videotape, everybody can watch. I mean, um, the young players in this generation have faced, you know, probably way more of that than we ever did back in the day. But, uh, I mean, that's the way I'm talking it up. It was... Uh, distasteful what he did and I mean I think he was embarrassed when you watch him in his interview he he addressed the media and obviously it's an investigation so he couldn't say a whole lot but he just said you know what I apologize and uh, I'm sure he's going to learn from this he's a he's a young guy that uh, has a lot of weight on his shoulders a responsibility because of what he brings to the table and the contract that he's just signed and uh, this could be a good lesson for him earlier in his career. Now, beyond just his behavior in Scottsdale on that night in May, I'm wondering what you think of the fact that 
Kyle Dubas apparently didn't even know about this until he found out on Twitter with the rest of us. So is that perhaps a bigger issue here that Austin didn't just bring this forward, especially as somebody who's expected to not be a leader on this team. He's expected to wear the captain for arguably the most popular franchise in the NHL. So, you know, from the management standpoint, I wonder what they think of, of having learned this very late in the process. Yeah, you know, and I've had that experience, too. I remember Glenn Sather telling me that in his office one day. If you ever get in trouble, I should be your first call. I should be the guy that knows first because I'm the one that can that deal with it. And also, I don't want to be blindsided by people when they bring things up. And that's just a respect thing. And I think, again, a young player that's learning how to be a leader, learning how to be you know, uh, the face of the franchise, it's going to take, there's going to be some bumps along the road. He's a young individual. Uh, I'm not making excuses for Austin Matthews. I mean, he's not trying to make excuses for himself either. Obviously, if he could take it back, I'm sure he would. But at the same time, yeah, that'll be something moving forward that I'm sure he would do differently. He would make sure that the right people are aware of what's going on because that's, um, you know, the franchise, that when they look at Austin Matthews, they think Toronto Maple Leafs. They think the National Hockey League. So it's a big responsibility, but that's, that's the game you play, and that's uh, what it's all about. And, and listen, again, um, the first time in his life that he's probably had to deal with this type of adversity, and he's, uh, you know, living it day by day and, and every experience. Joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by Louis DeBrasque. Louis, uh, the NHL's got some rule changes that we're going to see for the first time next week. Uh, and a lot of it, to me, was just centered around resolving some of the issues that we talked about with the officiating in the playoffs back in the spring. So, in essence, uh, coaches can challenge plays that should have been blown dead, a la the hand pass, and major penalties can now be reviewed by the refs. Do you have to tip your cap to the league and their quick action in resolving some stuff that, that sort of cropped up and then because of how impactful it was, they had to act quick. I do. You know, I remember having this conversation with Bob later in the season, especially after the Pavelski incident. That's the one that I really think triggered a lot of that was it was just so, it had such an impact in the game. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about it and discussed about it. Four goals on a power play. I don't think anybody expected that to happen and have San Jose come back and win that one. I know Vegas tied the game and San Jose won it in overtime. Barclay Goudreau um, scored the goal. But, I, you know, for me, I, I, I said to Bob at that time that I think the officials need some help. The officials need some help in a game that's as fast as it's ever been. It's the fastest right now that it's ever been in the history of the game. They already have two officials, but things still get missed. And your eyes can only be in one place at one time. Peripheral is a great thing, but if you're focused on something, you're not going to see something clearly to the side. Case in point, how many times the puck go over the glass where the referees, they huddle and go, I don't know, I didn't see it. I was watching something else. I don't know if it ticked something, if it hit the glass on the way out. Um, to be honest with you, Brendan, that should be another one that I thought they should be able to look at because you're giving a two-minute penalty on an infraction that might not have happened. And I don't think that should ever happen. I really don't. Especially one as cut and dry of whether or not that puck went over the glass before it hit something. Um, but the five-minute major one for me, I don't mind it. They can take a look at it. They get a little help. They're able to make the right call. And I think everybody wants the right call to be made. I mean, that to me, I do. I know that if I'm doing the game, 
as an analyst, it's never more frustrating to me because we get to look at that video too. So we look at the replay 10 times and we go, why did he make that call? Um, they didn't have that luxury before. So you have to give them a little bit of a break in that sense. It's hard in the heat of the battle to do that. But now they're going to have the luxury of looking at it. Another coach's challenge for me I think is great. If a puck went off the mesh, if it was high stuck, if it was a hand pass like Myers, hand pass over in the playoffs again against the St. Louis Blues, we all got to see that clearly. But again, in the heat of the battle with 10 bodies on the ice, Four officials, everybody scrambling, looking for, for something in regards to an infraction, you might miss it, which they obviously did. So allow them, the coaches, to make a challenge and go back and get the correct goal again. I know people are going to argue that any type of challenge is going to slow the game down. You know, we just saw a statistic recently um, that, you know, out of all the major sports, hockey's the fastest game played. As far as start to finish, it's just over right around two and a half hours is the duration of the game. I want the game to be called correctly. I have no problem with the officials getting a little bit of help and uh, trying to make the right calls. And as far as the coaches go, apparently now, if you're going to challenge, the offside was for the egregious ones, you know, the ones that were really obvious, the little real tight ones, you better be sure now because if you don't get that call right, you're getting uh, getting a penalty now for all challenges, which I think is great too. You should only you should be really certain if you're going to challenge. I completely agree with that. And there's got to be some accountability that you're not just doing it on a, on a hope and a prayer that there was actually some merit to to that offside call. I, I also like the fact that you know what it's a double minor the next time. So even late in the game when you're like ah whatever I might as well challenge you were down by a couple of goals, um, it might take your ability right out of it to get back in the game if it's a double minor and they score again. So I, I, I just, yeah, you know what? It's, there's accountability there. The the video replays, the, the the video coaches in the league, they're very quick to get those back to the coaches right away so they can take a quick look at it. I'm sure they're getting feedback from people in the press box on headsets in the back of the room. You know, they're, they're getting as much information as they can get quickly. They've done a pretty good job of challenging those ones close, but now they're going to have to be very precise. Chatting with Louis DeBrusque right now on Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott in today. Uh, Louis, one thing I really like about talking to you is is you appreciate the old school part, but you also <laughs> respect the new school. And, and, and one of the rule changes that they had as well was now the offensive team can pick which side of the ice they want to take the draw off of, off of an icing call. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's obviously in an effort to increase the, the offensive output and goals and that sort of thing. Um, just give me your thoughts on that rule, and, and does that make it easier on a team like the Oilers who have uh, popularly struggled in the face-off, Dot? I, I think it's going to help every team in regards to who your strongest face-off men are, and you're able to pick that side where you feel they have the best possibility chance of winning that face-off, maintaining possession, and getting an offensive opportunity. Listen, every, a lot of these rules are catered towards offense, you know, and that's, you know, no secret. We know that. It's, it's exciting. We want offense. We want the players to be able to flourish and be creative and do things, and I, I like this too. I really do. I have no problem with this rule change um, in the sense that they can pick on numerous occasions now where they, there's three different situations now, I believe, where they can pick what side they want to have the faceoff on, and I think that's great. You know, it just gives them a little bit of flexibility, who they're going to put on the ice, um, you know, if you've got a real strong face-off guy, which we put so much emphasis on now, it never used to be as much emphasis on it now, but possession is so important now and vital in the game. It always has been, but I think in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, really, it's really, really been, 
you know, under a microscope. If you have good face-off men, you have the puck more, you're not chasing as more, as much, and you have opportunities, especially in the offensive zone. I think the league recognized that, and it's another opportunity to, to have more chances in the offensive zone. Let's veer down to the minor leagues for a minute here because the ECHL, the East Coast League, which is the step below the American League, they adopted a rule um, that we we see a variation of in the junior rankings, Louis. But after 10 fights, you're suspended one game. And then after 14, you're suspended two. That happened 18 different times last year. They had 18 players, Louis, with 10 fights over the course of a season. In the NHL, nobody had more than six. So, yep. you know, is, is there, I don't really know where I'm trying to go with this at the NHL level, but I just, I don't see as much of a need when you get to that kind of a skill game versus the EC, right? Well, you know, it's amazing. And, you know, I, this is one of the areas that I'm still, my old school roots still come back to me because just recently we saw the hit Tierney on Besser, okay? Huge outcry after the hit, which I totally agree with. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think it was a terrible hit. I think it's the one hit, and I've said this before, that the league absolutely has to buckle down on. Any hits from behind on an unsuspecting player that can't defend himself headfirst into the boards, to me, is the absolute worst hit in the game. I'm sorry. There's no hit. I'd rather be blindsided than hit from behind headfirst into the boards. I sh- I'm telling you, I almost swore on air there. I'm telling you right now, if you asked any player, they would say the same thing. Take the hits from behind away. Okay? So what happens though when that hit happens? Everybody gets up in arms and says, boy, I'll tell you what, Tierney better get it next game. Somebody better go after him. Somebody better answer the bell. There's question marks again why the Vancouver Canucks, nobody went after Tierney in the game. And I kind of chuckle at that because I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, isn't this the direction the league wanted to go? Isn't this what they were looking for? In every single rule they've started to implement, I watched the fight the other night, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the two combatants. I'm on HockeyFights.com all the time. I'm looking at that stuff. I love watching scraps. And you know what? I, you know, I, I, I the one fight, two willing combatants, and the, the linesmen looked like fools trying to jump in there so many times early on, and they finally got the job done as... Awkwardly, as I've seen two linesmen try and get in between two guys that wanted to fight, it's like, what are you doing? Just get out of the way and let the two guys that willingly drop their gloves settle their score. They understand what's at stake here and then get in there when they're a little bit tired. Um, It's just, you know, so I see that and the league, the way I'm sure that those linesmen are being coached by the league to get in as absolutely soon as possible on a fight. And yet, here's the outcry. So this is what I say to you. Have we heard anything about Tierney getting suspended yet? Nothing that I know of. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So if the league is not going to protect the players, this is how it all started in the beginning. This is how everything started when it comes to my role that was in the league, the enforcer, that's no longer there. I still love tough guys. I love guys that play a hard-nosed, heavy game that aren't afraid to shed the gloves and go at it passionately. I love that stuff. And I love skill, too. But if you're not going to protect the skill players, I promise you the teams will. They will get players that will, and you're just going to go right back full circle to where it was again. They're going to have guys that play that role. 
The league needs to step in and eliminate those hits. And they have not done their job, in my opinion, in doing so. And that's my rant on that. It's the way I'm always going to feel. When they start cleaning it up, then I'll uh, change my tune. Well, and we do have a couple people on the Heartland Ford text line agreeing with you, Louie, and not just at the NHL level. This is down to grassroots hockey in, in terms Absolutely, of those Absolutely, 100%. Listen, I have a kid that plays. I know every parent out there that has a kid that plays. Just ask yourself this question. If, if my son Jake hits someone from behind, the conversation I have with him is, what were you thinking? Why, why would you do that? Don't hit players from behind. If you watch that play again, and I, I'm going to go back to that play specifically because they were really hot on the power play that night, Vancouver. They were lighting it up. Okay, so there was obviously some frustration from the Senators. He made no attempt to even try and take the pass back to the blue line. His stick was not even attempting to be in that passing lane. He had one intent on his mind, and that was to hit. Now, I like Tierney as a player. I think he's a great player. He's a really good two-way player. He plays hard. He's also got an offensive upside. I'm not, I'm not picking on tyranny he just happens to be the guy that made another one of these hits that i'm like that's an unnecessary hit in the game it doesn't have to happen and i'm all for big hard hits in the game if you're going to hit somebody properly shoulder to shoulder face on put the shoulder into them you can still plow guys and make it really hurt that's fine you can still be very impactful as a physical player but not when the guy's numbers are at you from 10 feet away that's just an easy call for me and they missed it Let's talk Oilers briefly here, Lou. We were almost out of time with you, unfortunately. But uh, we get McDavid into game action once again here. He's looked great in yeah. practice. It clearly has some rust that he needs to knock off. But uh, but for a, a group, an organization, and a fan base that was kind of left in the lurch about where he's going to be, this is better than anybody could have anticipated in terms of him getting back when he did. Yeah, you know what I really like about it, too, is Dave Tippett this morning talked in the huddle and said that uh, this is Connor's decision. You know, they really put it in his court and said, how do you feel? If you feel good, you can play again. So that's a, that's a huge positive, in my opinion. I didn't expect him to want to go back-to-back, um, but he obviously feels like he wants some reps. He feels like he wants to be in games, and you just love to see that from, again, a young player, a star player, the best player in the game right now. He wants, to, he wants to get repetitions. He wants to be with the team. He wants to go on the plane on a road trip, and he wants to be involved. It's time to ratchet up and get ready for the regular season. I think that's awesome and, and terrific news uh, for the Oilers to have him back and willing, able, and wanting to play in games. And to me, that's, that's what makes Connor a good leader. It's not the outspokenness. Yeah. It's just his absolute diehard love for this game. Well, you know, it's never. I don't think it's ever been a secret that his most comfortable place on earth is on the ice. You know, like, I mean, you look at the greatest players of the game, they're never more comfortable, more happy than when they're suited up and on the ice playing with their teammates. And Connor's no different. I mean, listen, he, he does the media and all that, but when you watch him on the ice, that's where he's free. That's where he's the best player in the world and in, in his comfort zone. And he wants to feel that more, and he's had to kind of sit out. He's had a different training regimen over the summer trying to get back from the injury, and um, it's always a question mark, right? There's always that the little thought in the back of your mind when you have an injury, is it going to be up to what I need to do with it? And I thought his first game he played over 20 minutes. I mean, he played a lot, which was, was good to see, and now he wants to go right back after playing those minutes and play again, which, again, I think is a real positive, and uh a necessity for Edmonton to have success this year is him healthy and, and ready to go. Louie, you're getting tons of love on the text line. We're going to leave it there, my friend. Always appreciate talking to you. Sounds good, bud. Have a good day. You as well. That is Sportsnet Colorado's analyst Louie DeBrusque joining us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it's the Oilers and Winnipeg Jets coming up tonight. We'll get to some of your text messages at 6.30, when we come back on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. Brendan Escott with you today on an Oilers game day, 6 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30 Chad tonight. For those of you wondering where to watch the game, it is on edmontonoilers.com. It will not be carried on the major networks. There are regional restrictions on that as well, but if you're in the uh, the Alberta slash Western Canada area, you can definitely tune in on the Oilers website. You will hear Jack and Bob's call. Uh, you can follow Oilers now on two great road trips, by the way. You can join us in Chicago to see the Oilers play the Blackhawks or come to Tampa Bay for a great hockey game and a five-night Caribbean cruise. Packages include lower bowl game tickets and a welcome reception with the big guy, Mr. Stoffer himself. And he's always talking about those special guest appearances. Bear that in mind. For the Oilers now, Chicago and Tampa Bay road trips. Call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. Again, lots of love coming in here for Louis DeBrusque. A text out of Grand Prairie says, uh, per Louis' rant about making sure the hits are clean and saying that if they aren't, Someone's got to be there to answer the bell. Texter in Grand Prairie says, this is why moving Lucic bothered me. And now the team that likes to plow into the star players, yeah, how's that guy? Uh, a couple others saying, amen, Louis 100%. He did, he did raise a lot of good points. But to me, when you're dressing big number 44, there's not as much to worry about as this fan base has been preaching. That's my opinion. You can feel differently. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.